Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Protest on a Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shimanoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour. Too sweet to be sour. It is Angel Ortega. A lot of stuff to talk about this week, including news, fight recaps, UC Vegas 81, UC 294 fight week coming up as well. But we're just going to go ahead and start off with, with the biggest news of the weekend. Uh, the prime card, Angel, went down Saturday night from the Manchester Arena over across the pond. And, um, I mean, in regards to the top two fights, um, kind of fucking sucked, man. What do you mean? So, the, the top two fights, which were the most hyped ones, uh, I did think they, I feel like they, basically everybody agrees that they kind of sucked. Um, but in the main event, man, um, it was Tommy Fury getting a controversial unanimous decision win over KSI. We said this fight probably wouldn't be close. In the end, KSI's awkward style, he actually made it a close fight. Nearly, uh, nearly beat him, man. In fact, I'd argue most people, came out of this fight thinking that KSI deserves a nod. Instead, it's Tommy Fury who remains undefeated. Look, uh, the fight wasn't very good. They spent a lot of time basically past the second round doing nothing but clinching. Um, but what do you think, man? What, what do you what do you think in regards to how did you score the fight? What did you think about the main events? And honestly, just coming out of the car, overall. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. Well, I mean, we just got to say it. I mean, it was a... For for how much these two guys at the I guess I guess four guys we got to include all of them uh, had this card really built up around them really hyped up and we're supposed to have this special moment and ended in utter disaster because the co-main and main event ended up being a massive fucking failure and I think in all aspects all four guys in a way failed I'm talking even even Logan even uh and even uh Tommy who went who respectively got the the nods in there well I guess Logan got the the DQ win right Josh but. Regardless, mm-hmm. there was a, a overall sense of failure. Like both, they both failed. All sides failed. Because I think coming out of this, Tommy didn't look good because people didn't think he won for one. And, uh, JJ didn't look, I didn't, it's funny, I feel like JJ probably out of all the four probably didn't get the least crap, but even then he didn't look that good. Uh, I'm gonna stay on the main event, I'm, I'm not gonna jump to the co-main just yet. Uh, I mean, in the fight itself, Josh, I remember by the end of it, I'm like, that's, that's probably as a draw as you can get. And I, and I fucking said it last week, I'm like, six rounds, that's scary. That's draw for a, mm-hmm. that's potential draw, potential for a draw there. We didn't end up getting that. There should have ended up being a fuck up on the scorecards, Josh. Uh, you didn't clear, you didn't even mention that. But they fucked yeah. up on the scorecard. It went from majority decision then to a, what, unanimous decision? Yeah, correct. It went from majority to a unanimous decision. Yeah, apparently the UK can't math, but that's besides the point. I, I thought it was as draw as a draw could be, man. I didn't think JJ won. I didn't think uh, Tommy won. Uh, and even then, Josh, I was talking to you a little bit about it in the green room. I saw a 20-person thread. And what I mean by 20-person thread isn't just 20 people responding. I mean 20 different everything professional fighters to influencers to influencers who boxed. And I'm talking even world champions who thought JJ – a majority who thought JJ at least got the nod if not the draw. And I mean, and I mean, I even told Josh, we're talking about guys like fucking Demetrius Johnson in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was basically, I mean, I do think, I mean, how did you come to the conclusion of a draw? I'm, I'm curious. Like, uh, how did you score the fight in terms of rounds? Oh, well, let me see. How, how would it have been? So it would have been 
it would have been the what was it first round JJ's second round point deduction with the round one, and then after that it would have been a Tommy Street. Yeah. All the rounds after that, right? That would have ended up making the draw. Yeah, I believe so. Fair, yeah, I was just curious how you came to that conclusion because you know same page. Um, I will say that I scored the fight as a as a win for JJ, but it was a very like. It was like, you know, it could have gone. It could have gone. I mean, well, I don't think I don't think you can make a case for Tommy winning. I think you make a, a somewhat okay case for KSI winning, especially I thought rounds one and two were clearly his. I think the judges that gave those rounds to Tommy Fury, the, the, I believe one judge gave um, – I actually have to pull up the scorecards. I apologize. I should have a scorecard to pull up prior. <laughs> but I do know that there was at least one judge who gave the second round to Tommy Fury, and, you know, that guy was fucking blind. You know, I think – I don't think it's actually that hard of a fight to score. Like, I think rounds one and two, JJ, with the point deduction in the second, three through five are Tommy, and I thought round six was JJ. I thought he was a substantially more active. At least that's how it appeared. Um, I don't have the comp back uh, numbers in front of me. That'll tell you the actual statistics of it. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, look, it just – it was a bad fight. And uh, like you said, dude, you said it last week, six rounds leaves it open to a draw. And that's kind of the thing. Like, I know that – Misfits and Mams Taylor, they've always said, like, you know, six rounds is more entertaining, you know, like, I kind of disagree, man. Like, I think not only was this fight bad being six rounds, I think if they would have given them more, two more rounds, they would have been forced to separate themselves, you know? They would have had to show some more. And with a fight like this, it's just a very man result. And coming out of it, it doesn't really feel like we're getting any any resolution. Uh, Tommy Fury said he has no interest in a rematch, and there is no contractual obligation for him to give KSI one. So it's possible that he'll go ahead and say and change his mind and say fuck it and choose to rematch KSI. That's far from a uh, a set in stone thing, but. I think I mean, once he realizes you, the yeah. kind of money he'll get for his other fights, then he'll probably kind of change his mind. Because I don't think anybody's going to pay him the kind of money he's probably received for his last two bouts against these guys. You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, it also depends on what he wants to do for his career, too. I mean, I could easily see him signing with, like, Boxer over in the U.K., you know. And they have, like, Sky Sports deals where they can just go ahead and, you know, they can, they can give him, like, some relatively lower tier, you know, fights. You know, like, they aren't that big. Maybe they could put them on big cards. They could try and build them up. Like, there is going to be promoters that are going to be in- interested in Tommy Fury after this. Like, and he's going to get a big deal from regardless. Because, like, he's not very good. But that doesn't matter, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, in regards to Tommy's future, I think, I, I believe him. I think he actually might actually be done with, with the the influencer shit, as he called it. But that's, I mean, his own boxing future it I wish you know. <laughs> you know one thing that I will say I was shocked about. JJ got a lot of praise though. Yeah. JJ got a lot of praise from uh, fighters like like I'm talking guys in the UFC. Uh, some guys who've just kept up for fighting for multiple years. I even seen a couple uh, certain Twitter accounts that I I see guys talking all the time and very they follow you know uh, combat as a whole and they even thought uh, JJ won that match. One was a there was a guy who surprised me who was dying on the sword for it too, Josh who. I will not give any free attention to, but he was on Twitter. He has a decent following. If you know, you know. Can you type it in uh, the chat? Uh, yes. Yeah, give me one sec. I bet it. I bet it's somebody. I I've seen a lot of people, so I bet it's somebody I'll know. So I just want to see if I'm right. About this. this is how I always I always recognize him because I see that specific name. Oh, uh, okay. I think yeah. I do think I know who you're talking about. Okay. Uh, you probably see him on. He's pretty pretty. He's pretty proactive on Twitter. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I will say, I mean, credit to JJ, I thought they had a 
all right game plan. I he made Tommy uncomfortable. I thought JJ was quicker than Tommy. Mm-hmm. Uh, by far, it was very evident. He was definitely annoying the living hell out of him, which I think was which was an intelligent move. And on top of that, uh, him him uh, shutting down Tommy's jab, Josh. I mean, he kind of he did in a weird way. He did. He took away one of the best tools that any boxer has: mm-hmm. the jab. The job that he, I think Tommy landed only uh, twelve jabs across in across the the six rounds. So mm-hmm. you know you break it down. It's, that's two jabs per round. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and dude, like that's why I said Tommy Fury's gonna have such an easy fight. I'm like, dude, like there's no way if he comes in if he took it seriously. And I honestly think a big part of this was that he just didn't take KSI seriously. I think a legitimate, and even KSI said as much. He's like, you're sparring guys who are like 0 and 2, dude. Like, I'm better than that, you know? Like, um, and he proved that. And I think part of it was literally that Tommy Fury didn't take him seriously. Cause dude, his jab was on point in the Jake fight. And in this one, he just couldn't find a home for it. And honestly, a lot of that was his speed. Um, but it's not exactly like, and honestly, KSI's head movement too. We do got to get some credit to his head movement. Yeah, he had some moments. Yeah. yeah, he had some moments. He it wasn't perfect. Moments. It wasn't clean, but it, he had his moments. I really thought this was the perfect storm for KSI, dude. I thought it was a perfect storm. It was a perfect night for him to pull off the upset. Like, he had the point deduction in the second round, which I saw some people saying, like, that shouldn't have happened. Like, he, the referee warned him two prior times. Give me a fucking break. Okay, so I'm not – that was a that was a good point deduction. I'm so – you've got to penalize the guys if they're going to fucking warn them. What's the point in having fouls and fighting if we're never going to penalize them? You know what I mean? But I will say, Josh, I, I, I will, one thing that, that I think goes across for the whole card, Go the, fucking, the referee sucked. They did not know when to break clinching. And I get it. You have to, yes. The guys should be allowed to go out of it and all that. But there was moments where I'm like, okay, this is a bit excessive. You as the referee to step in and actually let them box. So I think there was there was not just some fault on, on the fighters, but also the, the refs they had. There, because even in the uh, mm-hmm. the tag team match, there was a lot of the pretty boy Taylor notoriously did, and all his matches, I feel like he's been allowed to clinch a lot more than he should have. Yep, uh, he, they need to bring in a guy who is going to break that stuff up a lot sooner because I feel like on a lot of these misfits matches, a lot of this has happened, and they're, they're, you should—it's uh, part of boxing. You should be allowed to clinch, mm-hmm. but you also need to be boxing. Yeah, and you should be allowed to box out of the clinch too. Well, it is exactly what it comes down to, dude. Is it's Boxing judges are terrible because they all have their own little flavor that they're like, you know what? I kind of like clinching, so I'm going to let this guy clinch nonstop. The best example I can give is Jake Paul, like, just because a lot of people, you know, they'll remember this. Jake Paul versus Ben Askren and literally his next fight versus Tyron Woodley. Ben Askren got it. I mean, he's told everybody his strategy beforehand. He's like, I'm going to get in close. I'm going to work the body. I'm going to clinch him. And on that night, whenever he got close to Jake Paul, they were like, hey, well, fucking stop it. Like, fucking get away from him, you know, like. And, and, I mean, his, and, it, and it, like yeah. you said, it depends on the reps. There's been some reps that are yeah. notorious for breaking clinches exactly. instantly. And, but then, and then you watch, I just give this the best, best example because a lot of newer fans, and they were back-to-back fights. And then you watch Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley, and half of the fight is spent in the clinch. In this fight, where half the fight is spent in the clinch. And there's other fights where Anthony Taylor, he's allowed to spend all the time in the clinch. But then there are some times when guys are literally, they'll get in, they'll get close, they'll work the body, they'll be working, and they'll separate him. There is no – that's the thing about boxing that kind of sucks, you know? Like, um, actually, it doesn't kind of – it really fucking sucks about boxing. And it's always been a complaint that I've had. That being said, I do think we should move on um, because we do have a high-profile co-main event as well to discuss. Um, and we also got to talk about the rest of the card, which is also a banger. A lot of a lot of really good fights. But nonetheless, dude, uh, in the co-main event, you mentioned it. 
Um, you've got to give Dylan Danis some sort of credit. I mean, he had it he fooled. Got, he had well, he didn't have me fooled. I knew that he couldn't fight, but no, no, I knew that too. <laughs> but I mean, he uh, sold the fight more for yeah. You know the expectations. Yeah, he did not fool me. He did not fool you because I think we both knew what he was going to do. But dude, Dylan Danis fooled a lot of the MMA uh, and boxing community that have no idea that this is exactly all he does. <laughs> He does. He he is not a boxer. He's not even a fighter, dude. But uh, he got people excited. He said, you know, a bunch of crazy shit. He said, you know, I'm gonna kill Logan Paul once I get back to Brooklyn or something. I don't know. He he said a bunch of weird stuff. But at the at the core of it, on the fight itself, it it kind of sucked. Uh, <laughs> Angel, what? Give give me your thoughts, man. Ultimately, it was Logan dude. Paul picking up a disqualification win. Uh, if he was not DQ'd, he would have won. Every round on the cards, you know, it just, it sucked. What did you think? No, and like I mentioned earlier, dude, another disappointment. Disappointment on Dylan's end, which did surprise me, but it's like, you know, I would have liked to seen something, even if it was a little bit. You know, he could, he could have still played survival, but taking some minor risk. And for Logan, in a way, a, a disappointment as well, because and people were giving you shit. It's like, dude, there's, I remember hearing, uh, it was actually from a big podcast. I will not mention on this show, because I do not want to get in trouble. But, <laughs> we're... Someone said, you know, for Logan, I would have expected more, bro, because if that was my girlfriend or my wife and someone was talking that kind of shit, you know, you would think you would try to get him out of there. Yeah. That was like, well, easier said than done for one. Also, Dylan didn't open himself up at all. He's playing full survival mode. And I think Logan was being smart because he had him boxing in an eternity now. And he didn't want to gas himself out because he's done that before. So, yeah, Yeah, I mean, and and, and in an aspect, yeah, I get that. It was kind of disappointing because I thought Logan was actually going to come out of here. And trying to get Dylan out of there. But even then, he failed at doing that. Drake lost money. Drake curse continues. <laughs> Drake, no, it doesn't. What are you talking about? Dude, he bet on, he bet on Logan to win via t- uh, KO. Not to see. Uh, no, but uh, stoppage. It, that, that counts as stoppage. He would have made his money back. Really? Even though it was a DQ? Be- yeah, that's how bad it was. A DQ counts as a stoppage? Yeah, look it up, dude. A, a DQ counts as a stoppage. Drake made his money back. I didn't know. I didn't He's know already that. been. I I know that for a fact because I've had that happen. <laughs> I didn't even know that, dude. Yeah, Drake Drake made his money, dude. Dylan, I saw Dylan's got Dylan even got community noted on that. He said, you know, Drake, you lost your money, and somebody Dylan. was like, if he bet a straight finish, then uh, it would have counted. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't even know that. So uh, Drake curse it. I mean, I I I still think the Drake curse is still a real thing. I don't think this changes anything. You know. Cause, because for for this dude, it had to have changed. Dylan Danis would have had to go out there. And that's that's weird because now that you mentioned that, I have seen the bets, but I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at what he posts. It says by KO, but I've seen where it says KO, TKO, slash DQ. Correct. That's what that normally means. Just a straight KO, so I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, I think Drake's are even already confirmed it, so. <laughs> what a guy. On, uh, like, Instagram stories or something. I saw he posted some video. But anyways, um, yeah, man. I mean, look, uh, this fight, this fight sucks. Um, I saw people being like, "Well, why didn't Logan KO?" I'm like, for one, Logan Paul's not a good boxer. Um, he's not a good fighter. Um, and he did about as well as he could have facing a guy whose entire game plan was to stand there and do nothing. Like, on this level of shitty influencer boxing, a guy having a high guard just walking forward at you is enough to prevent from being KO'd. Dylan Danis, I mean, I don't know what his game... I mean, we knew what his game plan was. Like, his game plan was to try and hope that Logan tired out 
It didn't happen. And in the sixth round, he got frustrated, which is why he tried to – dude, I mean, come on. I mean, I understand there's a lot of Dylan Danis fans out there who were like, you know, Lo- Logan this, Logan that, you know. But, like, he, bro, he shot for a takedown and didn't get it. He lost the boxing match and the MMA fight. Jesus. Went for the guillotine, couldn't get it, and got punched on the ground, bro. Like just, 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 just pure hilarity. I mean, I mean, there's, there's a reason why nobody gave a fuck about Dylan Dennis before this fight got signed, uh, and I don't think anybody's gonna give a flying fuck about Dylan Dennis uh, for By too the way, much longer, dude. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little sad that whole thing in the ring didn't break out into malice in the palace and go following the crowd. I was so ready for it. By the way, I wanted yeah. it. To happen. Well, I wanted it to happen too, but. It, you know, I, they knew that Dylan was going to do some shit. That's why I got, that's why I got, you know, cause everybody, everybody knows this guy. He's, he's a, you know, he's funny. I, irony. Fucking talk about fake fighter, you know, Jesus Christ. You like, dude, how can you say to call another guy a fake fighter and then show up and not even try to box the YouTuber, bro? Like, get the fuck out, you know? What a, what a, what a shitty representative from our sport to send over. What a, what a, what a lead up though. They sold it well. I, I, that's they what sold they it well, dude. But at the same time, it's like, what's, what does it all matter if like the fight's so terrible and you're not even going to try to win? Come on, Josh. We knew your, your expectations could be high for this. Cause I, I didn't know. Hold on. Let me be clear here. I didn't expect the fight to be good. I said that off the top, but like I expected Dylan Dance, if he was going to show up, I expected him to try to win. I think that's the bare minimum you can ask from anybody. If, <laughs> if you're, if you're watching a fight, I didn't even, also, I didn't even, like, I didn't even expect like, that from him, though. I'm, I'm being honest. I didn't, I, I just wanted to see what he was going to do. Yeah. So, he did what I thought he would do. He fucking troll us. Yeah. Well, I mean, good, good for him. Admittedly, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm, he kind of, I don't know. It, it, it's, this fight sucks. I don't have any interest in watching Logan box again. I think I, Logan should just stay in the WWE, you know? Well, that's what he said he's going to do. So, you got your wish, Josh. Ray Mysterio, where are you at? I think he might still get another big boxing match someday, probably within the next year or two. Against who, though? I don't know, but he's, I mean, dude, he's still only, like, 27, you know, sure. like, he's... Darren Till? Darren Till would make a lot of sense. Mike Perry? I don't think he'd book against Mike Perry. That'd be fucking Well, dude, crazy. Mike Perry, dude, Mike Perry and Idris Rogo had it going. I hope that happens. I think that's going to be a Misfits event soon. I think that's going to be, like, a main event, I think. They should, dude. I thought that'd be very good. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, look, that's, uh, that's it. That's my thoughts on it. I think, uh, Logan Paul, I mean, I have much more thoughts on the KSI Tommy Fury fight just because that's like, they're even like, he, that's the funny thing, dude. Like, I like I, watching his Misfits cards because like KSI and Tommy Fury, another level compared to Logan and Dylan. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're, and, and KSI Fury, that's another level from like the worst amateurs you'll find on, on a fucking matchroom card. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see because this saga isn't over, Josh. Like, and, and, you know, we, you discussed this and then you, and you're set on it, and I completely get it, but because I'm submitting his appeal to the PBA, Chase Moore also submitting his uh, yeah. appeal to PBA, we'll get into that later. But, I mean, no matter what, like I was telling Josh, regardless of what does happen, I think they're going to wait. They're going to try to be hopeful, and uh, from there, I think they'll make their decision going forward as far as what JJ's plans are going next. But at the moment, we'll we'll have to wait because there's, uh, there's some clarity. There's, there's some clarity, and there's not some clarity at the same time, so we'll have to wait. But, uh, as far as now, this whole situation, everything right now is not done, and especially since uh, we'll, and we'll get into this later as well. The announcement that Jake gave us yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. You just want to get into that now? We can kind of just segue in. I guess we can kind of. I guess we can kind of hop over. Yeah. No, fuck it. I mean, well, the, okay. So it's actually there's there is actually like two quick things I do want to say before we get into the Jake news. Um, did you see the pay per view numbers for KSI uh, versus Tommy Fury? They I saw a number. Them. 
I saw numbers, but I, wait, like just right now they got announced? Uh, last night, reported by BJPen.com, the greatest MMA site on the planet. I, I, I saw like two numbers, but I didn't know if they were real, so I was waiting to ask you. Uh, 1.3. 1.3 1. pay-per-view buys sold, which would make it the biggest boxing pay-per-view event of the year, uh, outselling with the previous number one, Ryan Garcia, Gervonta Davis. Can, can, I, can I just say something, though, right now? Yeah. I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm not, I'm not. I'm being honest. Uh, yeah. Dude, at the end of the day, I mean, that's, by the way, is that bigger than any UFC pay-per-view this year? Just question mark? UFC numbers haven't been released, uh, but probably, if I had to guess. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I saw, uh, you know, I'm just going to call her out on it. Nina Drama constantly shit talks on uh, <laughs> on uh, boxing cards, which, look, boxing cards as a whole, they're weaker. But at the end of the day, those fuckers put up numbers. Dude, hey, she, hey, she's literally paid by the UFC to. Oh, the bash, yeah. No, to, but also, it's kind of funny too. That's all. Like, I, I know, I know what you're talking about too. I saw, she bashed, she bashed the Misfits card, and I was like, in the back of my head, I'm like, look, quality of fight. I don't disagree. I'll never disagree because it's not yeah. the same level. I, I'll, I'll never try to justify the level of fighting. But as far as like them making a show and selling it and the promotional value, different level. Yeah, well, do you know what, dude? I saw her bashing the Canelo-Charlo fight. She was like, you know, big boxing match star, never better. It's like, dude, like, you know, like, there's been multiple times where Dana's been caught watching a boxing match at a UFC fight. Like, watching the boxing match over the fight happening right in front of him. Like, if your boss doesn't even believe me. Well, dude, like, no joke. That's like, it, it's it, dude, that's Dana's first love, bro. That's like the chick from high school he was with. They broke up, but he still thinks about her every now and then. Oh, that's true. That's 100%. Well, because I, Dana, I don't, that's, I, I really don't think, I think he's much more passionate about boxing than MMA. Well, dude, it's Dana's wet dream to go back to boxing. You just never admit to it. I just, I just, by the way, I just, uh, checked, um, <laughs> I just, I just, I wanted to see what she said. Apparently she's in the Middle East right now, so we should be, should be tr- praying for her to come home safely. <laughs> Jesus, Josh, you're gonna get this canceled, bro. I don't see why, dude, come on. It, it, do we really have to deny that the Middle East treats women worse than fucking? Someone's gonna cancel us, dude. Well, fucking, it's, it's not gonna be anybody that lives in reality, so that's, <laughs> so I don't have to be fucking worried, okay? Um, <laughs> they really got her fucking flying out to the Middle East for what? Abu Dhabi. Oh, that's right. That's right. But, dude, you don't want to catch up. I saw a, a story, this is real quickly, of, like, a lady who got, like, a layover in, like, Dubai. And uh, she's 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 there for the next two years now. Like, they just threw her in prison. She had, like, a layover. I don't know what happened. She was wearing the wrong thing. Yeah, so, yeah, she's fucking crazy for going, bro. Hey, she's wild out, bro. You know, I was going to make a meme. I was going to make a joke. And I'm fucking, I'm going to say it on air. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. That's saw a meme on Twitter because she posted a picture of her in, in, in the in Abu Dhabi. And I was like, damn, she finally covered her tits because, you know, Sean's always calling her out for that. Hey, it's not my joke. It's Sean's joke. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Sean Strickland, yeah. It was the first time her cleavage was in that a little bit in a while. Respectfully, just saying. <laughs> Respectfully. Respectfully. <laughs> we're being, we're, we're being... I'm just saying, it was just, it was just kind of funny though. Like she's, in the, you know, she's in the Middle East. And that just happened to be a thing I noticed. Yeah, yeah, fucking just. <laughs> she better hope they don't look at her Twitter, bro. Fucking. <laughs> she's gonna fucking get Jamal Khashoggi over there, bro. Like she kind of. Jesus. Fucking, she gotta be careful. <laughs> Anyways, though, um, in regards to the rest of this uh, prime card, uh, what fights must we talk about? Obviously, Slim Poppy coming up short. Hate to see it. Yeah, I mean, he looked. I thought they both looked. I thought. It was weird. I expected a little bit more out of Slim early on, but he ended up coming up late, obviously, with a finish because he was getting a – I mean, probably up until that finish, I mean, 
Slim or uh, I keep wanting to say Slim. Uh, saw Poppy probably was winning the card on the scorecards, right? Or was winning the fight on the scorecards? Absolutely, uh, yeah. They both seem they both got a little bit tired, but like Josh told me in, in the green room, I mean they did have quite a bit of activity. But even then, though, Josh, I was still surprised because if you, in that in that final round before the sequence, uh, the finishing sequence came in, in the, what was it, the fifth round, fourth round? I can't even remember at this point. Um, they both look they both looked like pretty tired. I was pretty surprised, uh, especially with Salt's obviously a uh, you know body transformation that was getting lots of love uh, over fight week and in the and, you know in, in the in the weeks leading up to the to the fight itself. And just to see him be, just, he looked like he, he was just like right like he he had that heart, but the body didn't have enough gas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Well, I will say that I believe these were short notice. Um, the absolute, like the, the, this fight here between Salt Poppy and Slim, I believe they only had four weeks. So not a normal six to eight week training camp. So that could be why. But also, dude, like, Logan Paul and Dylan Danis aren't going to get gassed because they're not really fighting. <laughs> Slim, I mean, I hate to say it, but like, KSI Tom Fury, they're not going to gas because they're not fighting, you know? Um, like, this fight here, these guys were in there. They were actually throwing combinations. They were ripping to the body. They were throwing tons of shots, man. So I'm actually not even surprised in the fucking slides that they actually got tired. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, I'm not very surprised at all that this fight went the way that it did in regards By to... By the way, dude, uh, J- uh, uh, Slim, dude, the fucking John Finch of fucking uh, influencer boxing, dude, or crossover boxing, whatever you want to call it at this point. There was a whole debate about that, too, recently, just, you know... Yeah, what do, you, what do you mean though? He's the he's the he's the John Fitch. He's getting this dude. Like I've not seen like pound for pound like lists that people make. I know obviously they're you know just fucking you know. You're basically saying people are just like not respecting him, basically. Yeah, you know they're putting him really down on the list, not giving him uh kind of like overlooking him. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. dude, this guy's undefeated. Like I said, crossover boxing, you know, kind of, and uh, <laughs> and, and finishing guys though, dude. Like at the end of the day, like he has, I think he has some of the most finishes out of all these guys. He has the longest active win streak with no losses. I mean, I saw no disrespect. I know Pretty Boy Taylor's beat a lot of the influencers and and won, but he's also lost. But granted, he's lost to guys like Tommy Fury, Idris Virgo. I think he took on to. But I mean, dude, Slim seven seven fight win streak. What is it? Something like that. It's up there. Yeah. Finishes multiple finishes. Like gotta put a little bit of respect there, and he's not gonna get the. He's not gonna get the big name fights, I think, which is which is really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely kind of he's always been undervalued in this entire influencer boxing thing. I think it's just because he doesn't he doesn't have a big name, he doesn't have a big fan base. You gotta give him credit, man. He comes out to sling and bang every single time, and that's really all you can really say about him. He's um, the only influencer getting consistent finishes, dude. Yeah, yeah, man. He's he's consistently getting finishes. He is very entertaining. You've got to give him credit, man. You've, you've got to give him credit um, for coming in here. And he, he's never been a guy that gets the attention. Even Salt Poppy and even Dean the Great and some of these other guys get more attention than him. So I guess you're right. I just didn't think of it that way. Um, anyways, man, um, up and down the rest of the card, I just actually mentioned it. Dean the Great, picking up the winner of Wally Sharks. That was a banger. Anthony Taylor defeating King Kenny. Terrible fight. Um, <laughs> no surprise. Yeah, Swarm's losing. Hate to see it. Chase Demore got robbed. I mean, what what most what fights do you most want to highlight coming out of this one? Man, dude, Wally Shark's in the great. I was a bit disappointed in the uh, Wally man. Uh, up until the end, though, 
I will say that, but it came at the end, which is the issue. Uh, he got dropped early on, was losing most of the fight, uh, up until the very end where he had a moment, he kind of rallied back. And once again, Josh, a bit disappointed because this fight I felt deserved more rounds and they didn't get him. And it shows right there at the end what could have maybe happened if they had more rounds. Uh, now they probably won't have a trilogy. Uh, obviously, I think you could, I feel like you could run it back at some point, but I feel like Dean's probably going to want to move on to someone else after this. Cause I mean, these guys have been going back and forth for over a year. These guys can't even see each other in paint and he just dominated him, uh, for most of the fight and even dropped him and ended mm-hmm. up getting the decision. So that's the end for this one. I'm curious to see where he goes from here, but nevertheless, still a good uh, matchup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, it was, it was a great matchup. And honestly, like I said, hope, like you said, hopefully they give these guys something different, move on from this. Um, because that was just so dominant. But yeah, I mean, in regards to the rest of the card, man, I mean, look, um, it wasn't that great. I mean, there was a couple of iffy decisions. There were, well, the tag team match was actually the most Dude, fun of the night. Yeah, which was weird. I do think they need to do on some, I feel like the rules are getting to a pretty good place because now yet you, you have to, be in there for 30 seconds before you can tag in. I don't know if they did that last time or not. Uh, one issue that I do have, though, Josh, I feel when there's 30 seconds left on the clock, you should not be able to tag out. Mm. Uh, I feel like that'd be a good rule change, just my opinion. I, feel like I, the, I think when there's X amount of, like, 45 seconds, 15 seconds, whatever it may be, I feel like when at that part of the round, you can no longer tag in and out. I feel like whoever's in there has to let it play out because it just fucks with the pace of the fight too much, in my opinion. And great, it's in it, a tag team. It's all that, but it. And we've been talking about that. It, it's crazy because, like you said, uh, it's probably the most entertaining thing tonight. Uh, you know, all those guys were there watching it, and we were kind of. It was it was probably the most fun we had during all of that, and we were even like talking about it and talking about what kind of, what could make it better. And that was one of the first things that kind of came up in the conversation was I feel like near the end you can't tag out or you can't tag out during sequence like during certain sequences and stuff like that. Like, but like I said, it was interesting that it was a big point of conversation for us the fucking tag team match. Which ended up being a draw, by the way. Mm-hmm. For those who yeah, yeah, it was a draw. And look, I mean, there's a lot of rule changes that they can go ahead and do to make this better. This was the absolute best outcome, I feel like. Um, yeah. What would be your rule change, by the way? That I think they should make tags limited. Um, I think that for like what, like three tags per round, like per three round, tags, or? three tags around. Um, probably not. Honestly. Probably just one tag around. I think if you keep on swapping out, it's just kind of you should get two tags. Two tags around, I feel like makes sense. Per I person, think that they should or two tags total per team per round. Okay. So you can you if a guy starts, he could get tagged in, he get tagged back in. But that's essentially it. You know, only two tags per team per round. I think they should go ahead and honestly, fucking, they should get rid of survivor tag being a thing. It doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't work. They had that one event where it was headlined by it, and it fucking sucked, and nobody knew the rules. Um, honestly, I feel like tag team boxing is not – I really think they just need to limit the tags, make the tags to where they can only happen within the last 30 seconds. They cannot happen within the last 30 seconds. I think if somebody gets rocked, I think it's kind of fucking stupid that they're just allowed to run over and tag their teammate. You have to make it more interesting, dude, because that's what happened when these guys got rocked. They just ran over and tagged their buddy in. Maybe it was a smart idea, though. No, no, it was, but at the same time, like, you're never going to have a finish if that's the rule set. But that's my kind of closing thoughts on this. I don't have anything else to add. Any closing thoughts on the Prime card, man? No, I mean, like I said, it it had its issues. It had its problems. I think uh, 
the like I said at the start of the show, the main event, co-main event failed. But I'm curious to see what's next. What what is next? What's going to be the next big card? And how many people are going to come back after this shit show? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people are going to come back after the shit show. I really don't think. I saw a lot of people being like, oh, you know, maybe. This fight, this event was so bad that maybe it blew up the bubble that is influencer boxing. No. They sold 1.3 million pay-per-views. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> Dude, by the way, like, the real, like, people who watch, like, obviously the, you know, traditional combat sports are, like, major copium right now. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. They're, they have nothing to say. They, because they're just like, oh, they're idiots for buying the fight, or oh, the event sucked. It's like, I mean, yeah, to an extent, but, like, I'm not going to make a big overarching judgment of the whole thing. I mean, I, I think we've... There's there's fun. Because look, because look at the end of the day, and and for those people who don't like, I'm sh- if, if this does go out to people who are listening to us out there who are those who are making those comments and probably are making fun of us for even watching this stuff and somewhat enjoying it. I didn't pay for this shit, but you know what I am paying for this weekend when fucking Alexander Volkanovski fights Islam Makachev in the main event in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> That's what the fuck I'm paying for. So I do know fights. Yeah, we do know fights. We I mean we'll talk about. Here's the thing, dude. I don't understand how people can be like. Yeah, bro, I'm a hardcore fight fan. I watch all the fights, and then you're like, "Yeah, dude, I don't. I hate influencer boxing with a passion. They're terrible fights." It's like, but they don't even watch the fucking prelims on a UFC card. Yeah, it's like, dude, I watch UFC. Pre- I watch fucking UFC prelims. I watch like fucking well, it's even funny. Bellator. I watch fucking regional events. I've covered regional events. Like, I've been there for fucking dude, the worst. Do you wake up at three in the morning? Do you yeah. wake up three in the fucking morning and watch fights in Poland? Do you wake up at three in the morning to watch watch fights in Australia? Yeah. No, you fucking don't. I bet there's not that many people who do that. Do yeah, you I'm fucking not, wake? Yeah. Do you get? Do you get home at 3 p.m. from your fucking job and watch Chad and Gallagher fight on the early prelims? No, no, you fucking don't. Yeah, I mean, look, dude. I mean, we fuck Chad and Gallagher. There you go again. We got fucking. Yeah, that's my I dog, mean, bro. I I know how. <laughs> I, did, I, know, I, I think I need to get Chad and Gallagher on the fucking podcast. Dude. That's what I should really do. <laughs> I can fanboy out a little bit. Regardless, man, I think it's about time to move on. Um. Because there was more fights to talk about, uh, including UC Vegas 81, which did go down from the UC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada, last Saturday night. Um, went down after the prime card, so they didn't even really interact that much. Um, no, yeah. In the main event, Edson Barboza, if he can give an upset win over Sadiq Youssef, first two rounds were really rough. Dude, he brought it back hard in the in the championship rounds, man. Just beat the fuck out of him. Ends up getting a near decision win. What did you think about this win, man? Edson Barboza, that's his second win in a row. First beat another younger guy in Billy Q, and now beating another younger guy in Sadiq Yusuf, man. Love to see it. Yeah, man. I mean, I was a – dude, after that, uh, it was the first round where he got dropped. I was a little shocked. I thought uh, <laughs> things were going to be looking a little grim, but he ended up bouncing back hard, like you said, and that was that was an impressive performance, especially for a guy who's, what, 37 years old in a weight class like featherweight. And I really thought Sadiq Yusuf was going to get it done and finally separate himself a little bit. And some falling short, kind of some mistakes, a little maybe some game playing issues. Didn't I don't think he even tried to attempt to take down Edson Barbosa at any point during this fight. Or maybe he he actually did. He attempted it. I forgot. I actually looking at it. He did attempt twice. But even then, it, the the game plan wasn't centered about you know like constantly pressuring that like early it was but as the fight progressed like that later it wasn't such a pending thing and and the takedowns weren't being thrown out there as consistently as they probably shouldn't have and Edson Barbosa comes in probably the best shit of his life and gets it done I don't know what's next for the guy though Josh I mean I think there is a few matchups at 45 that can make sense 
Uh, but he does have some pretty re- relatively recent losses to guys like, you know, Bryce Mitchell, Giga Chikazi, who were still in the rankings. But he did bounce back with two sick finishes. Well, a sick finish and a, in a, in a hard five round fight in the main event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, dude, I don't really know what's next for Edson Barbosa, partially because I'm very shocked in how his last two fights went, man. Um, Hey man, I had a beating Billy Q. I'll tell you that. And it, yeah, that's true. I mean, the Billy, the Billy Q. Yeah, the Billy Q. Fight was it was a. I do need to admit to something though. I had Edson Barbosa all last week, leading into the day of the podcast, and then I changed my mind the day of. I was like, you know, that's something? crazy. Me too. I, I started thinking about it. I got in my head, and then bam, I switched it up. Are you serious? Did you? Actually? No, I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. But oh, I did the same, same thing though, Angel. <laughs> I'm, I'm just fucking around. But, but can I, you imagine I, though? I do it all the time though, but I had it all all week, man. I was Edson proposed, but I was like, dang, you know, I started thinking about it and I sat down. It's like I think Steve Houston's gonna get it done. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that, man. Um I will say for the Billy Q fight, I knew that one was very much a fight that could have gone either way, because both those guys just come to bang. I didn't expect I mean Steve Houston is so talented though, man. I mean he's so fucking talented. I didn't see this coming at all. Um very impressive win. I don't know who Barbosa is gonna face next, but dude, like he was a guy that we went down to Featherway, he took a couple beatings, and I'm like, man, probably not it. Like, it's not it, bro. Like, maybe you should go back to lightweight, and maybe you should maybe be a Tony, maybe not, he's not Tony Ferguson bad, but like, maybe take some Tony Ferguson level fights, you know, Bobby Green, you know, like, guys like that. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore, dude. We're fucking back. The Brazilians are back, Angel. I don't know, but he's probably going to end up fighting. I saw someone throw out Calvin Cater out there. When did no one even when did one that I thought about that no one mentioned was Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett would make a lot of sense. I said Josh, I saw that Josh Emmett said he may move to lightweight. Oh, what so, the fuck? That'd be interesting. Yeah, I think so he's great. just old and tired of cutting weight. We could blame him though, right? Yeah, he was previously a lightweight to start his career as well. That's trippy. So that's something to go ahead and note. But yeah, man, I mean, in regards to Edson Barboza, dude, I think that there's tons of fights that he can go ahead and take next. I think. Calvin Cater does make a lot of sense. Um, Calvin Cater coming off of that ACL tear, and he said he'll be back in around a year. He's just now getting healed, just now getting cleared, so maybe, so man. Early next year, potentially? Yeah. I'll be down. But, down to fight? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, anyways, DTF, you know. Um, but anyways, man, um... In regards to the co-main event, uh, Vivian Arduero picking up an upset win. Two upsets on the night, man. Uh, over Jennifer Maya, th- this time uh, by unanimous decision, 29-28 across the cards. Um, I will say that I know that some people, you know, maybe thought that uh, Jennifer Maya deserved the nod in this one. I'm not in, you know, I honestly couldn't tell you what I thought about this fight. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Should it be yeah, honest, right? I was a little bit busy at the time. Um, I think I was just baked, but uh, yeah, man. I think I think I gave this fight to Vigenard Guerrero. Um, but Jennifer Maya was competitive, uh, especially in rounds one and three. So how did you score this one, and what did you think about it? Why did you say that? Because I literally just read a comment. Maya one and three, pretty clearly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, and I'm looking at MMA uh, MMA decision round fan scoring had it almost. It was Josh. He was dead. Well, it's it's like seven. It's seventy six percent, twenty three percent. We'll make numbers easy. Seventy five to twenty five. Maya or Joe, me, most of the media had it for Diana, and then three had it for Maya. So there's there's a decent bit back and forth, but the fans have spoken, Josh. They think Jennifer Maya won this clearly. Yeah, 
Yeah, Vivian Arger uh, got the nod, and a lot of people, you know. But I'm just saying, some people did think Jennifer Nye, uh, Jennifer Nye deserved the nod. It was um, still, a, it was still a relatively close fight, though, right? Like it was close, it was competitive. Uh, both women had their moments. Um, yeah, man, it, it was, it was an all right fight. I mean, I don't have too many deep thoughts on it. Neither one of these women are going to challenge for a title soon. Uh, nor are they going to fight for a title. Hey, for man, Vivian Arguero, Vivian, I mean, she's yeah. number nine now in the rankings, bro. Don't say that. Macy Barber's right, right in front of her. <laughs> Macy Barber would beat the fuck out of her. <laughs> Just saying. Maybe she, really, maybe she could fight Laura Murphy. Laura Murphy's seven. That can make sense. Yeah, I, I don't want a problem with that. Laura Murphy, dude, I haven't seen. We haven't seen Laura Murphy in a while. I feel like we haven't seen her since she lost to Jessica in Brazil. So I think that was earlier this year. Yeah, that was January. Yeah, she. Took I don't a give meeting. a fuck, dude. I love Laura Murphy. I don't care. She she's game as fuck. I, that's all I really need. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, in, in regards to Vivian Ardura, a fine win. But we'll see what happens next. Um, in regards to the rest of the car, main card, man, a couple of big big knockouts, big wins. Which ones uh, do you most want to talk about? I think we just got to highlight it, Josh. It's one down. Jonathan Martinez getting a leg kick finish over Adrian Yanez. I mentioned this last week. This was a dangerous fight for Yanez. Jonathan Martinez's leg kick game is strong. And gotta say it, man. We I've been I've been talking about him and his uh his uh, fellow gym member who was also in this car, Chris Gutierrez, bro. These guys both build up little win streaks over time silently, and they were just waiting for their opportunity. And bam, they have arrived. Jonathan Martinez, Josh, I mean. Three decently sized profile names within the year. Cub mm-hmm. Swanson, almost a year to the day of that fight. He becomes on October 15th of 2022. He beat Adrian Young's October 14th of 2023. And in between that, Sayyidina Muhammadah, there's a new 135er in the conversation. I mean, he's he's made himself known. He's announced himself into the 135 division. I kind of want to get right into it, Josh. Who do you think he should fight next? I think a Dom Cruz fight could be fun. Dom Cruz would be a lot of fun. I don't think Dom Cruz would take that fight, um, especially not now. I mean, when's the last time Dom Cruz fought, man? It's been over a year since Mar- since he lost to Marlon Vera, I believe. So he's got a heel, bro. He's got a heel. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. Um, shit, man. Jonathan Martinez taking a look at the rankings. I have no. You know what, man? Fuck, I have no idea. Who do you want to see him fight? I actually don't have one. That's I, I, said Dom, I said Dom Cruz, but I don't think anybody else makes sense. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the problem. Don't you're right. Dom Cruz is gonna I get it by default. I don't. I don't think they'll push him up to like any of the other guys above that. So I think that's who makes the most sense. I mean, unless they want to push a Rob Font fight, but I don't think that makes sense for Jonathan Martinez. And if I was his team, I wouldn't want that fight. I'd be pushing for someone probably better than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, admittedly, I don't, I did not think John Cruz would take that fight, but look, dude, that would make a lot of sense. Rob Font fight doesn't make sense. Song Yudong could be interesting. What do you think? Song Yudong versus fucking Jonathan Martinez, 7 Eleven. He has a fight potentially booked against Peter Yan, or already oh, does. Fuck, that's right, I forgot. That's what I'm telling you, there's there's not a lot of options. Well, I guess he's, dude, they're going to have to get creative for Jonathan Martinez. At least they give him Cheeto. Cheeto could make sense, but they're not going to, but Sean wants to fight Cheeto. I know, but this this is fucking WWE now, so we're going to go ahead and give Cheeto Vera a title shot. I'm that's sorry. what I'm saying, that's what I'm yeah, saying. That's so... why I say Cheeto. Cheeto could make sense, but they're not going to give it to Cheeto. Yeah. That could be a bigger matchup, dude. Jonathan Martinez versus Cheeto Vera. That'd be so good. I, Jonathan Martinez may win that fight. If it's three rounds, too. Yeah. Just saying. Um, that'd be pretty fucking crazy. But anyways, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, man. I mean, I don't know who I don't know who Jonathan Martinez is going to face next, but goddamn, is he good? I mean, to run through Adrian Yanez like that, like even even Adrian Yanez's loss to Rob Font wasn't like that. Like they were swinging in the pocket and he got caught. 
But for him to just get dominated, Jonathan Martinez is the real fucking deal, Holyfield, bro. The Dragon, by the way, badass nickname, just saying. <laughs> but he's a guy, dude, that came into the UFC so young, and he's just stayed working, dude. He's not a guy expected to be in this position, but he is. So, full props to him. Um, in regards to the rest of the card, dude, Michelle Pajaya, dude, he is a problem at middleweight. We've I've wanted to see him middleweight for a while. I know you probably have, too. He's there, and he's fucking a problem, dude. Yeah, you do. I mean, look, he did have to take on uh, Andre Petrosky on short notice. Uh, and, I mean, obviously, I think that plays somewhat of a factor, because it was supposed to be Mark Andre Burial originally, mm-hmm. who I think I would have been... I was more interested in that matchup than this one. Uh, Petrosky was still a good person to put in there, but, you know, Petrosky was a traditionally wrestler. We know how he's going to come out and fight. Uh, obviously, Michelle Pejea calculated... Gets it done quick. I mean, I said it, man. If he ever wants to make that move to 185, I know he'll do good and look pretty damn good. Pretty, pretty. Like I said, man, he is. He's announced himself into the 185 division. I can't wait to see his next matchup. Hmm. Yeah, man. Same here. I mean, I think he sky's the limit. I mean, honestly, especially a middleweight where there's not that many wrestlers. Um, and I was like, you mentioned Petrovsky, short notice and all that, but like, see, Andre Petrovsky is still a bad man. So for him to get taken out of there like that uh, was shocking. Um, Michelle Pahade, it just yeah, I'm very excited to be doing Just turned next. 30, by the way, this year. Just turned 30 earlier this month. So a lot of time left. A lot Dude, of fight he, left. Yeah. It's, he's come a long way. You really don't think about it. He's come a long way from being that guy that when he first got signed, like, he was just well, – he wasn't very good. Like, But they only signed him because he was doing crazy shit in Road FC. Yeah. Like, he's I mean, come a long way, man. You gotta get like props, really, really Look, props, man. It's crazy. Dude. Michelle Pahea is seven two in the UFC, but he really isn't that far from being fucking nine and zero in the UFC. No, he's not. You know, and it's so funny that his losses are Diego Sanchez and a lightweight. <laughs> Tristan Connolly. Tristan Connolly, who the only reason he got that fight is he did mocap for the EA UFC games. Shout out. So uh, what a badass, dude. Um, I still love Tristan Connolly. I think it's fuck that they caught him after two losses. Just, yeah, Pat, but in, 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 but they were Pat Sabatini and Darren Elkins. You know what? You know what? That's Darren Elkins rules though. Darren Elkins just won on Saturday. No, 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 you're not wrong. But you know what's even more sad about that? He lost like a few months later again in like they get a promotion in Canada to a guy who was. You're not five. wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong. Lost to Xavier Nash. I don't care, Angel. Fuck eight, it. Eight, still... eight, and, eight and seven, Xavier Nash. No, you're not going to change my mind on this. He should. He still needs to be in the UFC, Angel. <laughs> still needs to be. Um, and anyways, man. Yeah, I mean, in regards to the rest of the card, I mentioned Darren Elkins got a big one on the prelims. Outside of that win over TJ Brown, man, what fights mostly they talk about? Uh, there were, you know, and it was an okay night, honestly, of fights for the UFC. Just I mean, okay. Terrence McKinney ran over a UFC newcomer who's eight and one, <laughs> beat the shit out of him. Dude, Terrence uh, McKinney, you know what? Terrence McKinney's a fucking man of the people. Because that fight, they literally had that fight going on during the introductions of Paul Danis. During the fucking uh, national anthem. He took he took care of business quick, didn't he? So you could, could go watch that shit show if you wanted to. I know. What a guy, dude. Shout out T-Rex. T-Rex, my boy. Uh, Christian Rodriguez, Cameron Simon. Des- disappointing one for Cameron Simon, but Christian Rodriguez did come, uh, did miss weight again. So he's missed weight three different times. He missed on the contender series. He missed against this fight in Raul. He missed this fight. Probably might have to move up to one in forty-five, Josh. You know, you see, don't fuck around with weight cuts. Uh, so, we're not necessarily weight cuts, missing weight. They fuck with weight cuts. They just don't fuck with you missing them. Yeah. 
And then they Chris love Gutt- they love having people cut weight. And then Chris Gutierrez do bouncing back from his uh, his loss against Pedro Munoz. Uh, good win in there once again. Like I said, teammates with uh, Jonathan Martinez, both of them, like I said, both built up a little win streak silently. Both now ranked and very close to each other. So I wonder what's going to happen there. Another group of teammates, uh, you know, uh, together and ranked. Josh, this card took a lot of hits. Uh, I think it's very sad because originally we had Ronnie Yaya on this card, which I was interested in. So I mentioned Mark Andre Burial originally on this. Terrence McKinney, Chris Duncan was a matchup at one point. Duncan had visa issues. Uh, David, uh, David Devorah, Tatsu Tyra, which was supposed to be a big time 125 fight. So this card did suffer. I think it missed out on a lot of big fights, but I think overall it was okay. I give it another six once again. Maybe, maybe even a five and a half, 5.9 IGN score for you, Josh. I am going to go uh, the most IGN of IGN scores. I'm going to give us a 5.1, Angel. Uh, this card was just fine. I'm not going to remember this card in T-minus three days from now. <laughs> Are you sure, Josh? Yes. I think that come Friday, I'm not going to remember this card. I well, think yeah, Angel- because of the fucking fight that's happening. No, now. no, I know, but I'm just like, if I had to like sit there and try to think for a minute, I'd be like, what fights happened last Saturday? I could probably, like Friday, I'll be able to tell you like two or three. This this entire night's just so forgettable. I I don't know. I, I maybe I'm being too mean. Gotcha. Why, why are you being such an asshole? Because they're not bad fights. They're not bad. They're not terrible. God, Josh. I mean, what 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 if you were there, dude? I bet you all these people beat you up. You sound weak, Josh. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm such a weak bitch. They, they probably could all beat me up. I'll get, I'll say that much. I <laughs> Emily Ducote. Emily Ducote might be able to fuck me up. So. <laughs> but I don't know about Ashley Yoder. Not fucking around. <laughs> I'm fucking around. Uh, but yeah, dude. Um, I think we should move on because it's, uh, it's UC 294 five week angel. We fucking made it. We, we went through the fray of multiple fight cancellations. You know, we had to, it, it's an Abu Dhabi card too, man. And we always know they load those up. And it's going down this Saturday morning for all of you that are listening to this. Our podcast comes out Friday night. You only have to wait a couple hours, guys. This main card's going down at 1 p.m. Central Time. So, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty cool, you know, depending on where you're at. Um, nonetheless, in the main events, UC 294, the rematch. Islam Makachev taking on Alexander Volkanovsky just eight months after their last fight in Perth, Australia, which was one of the fights of the year where we saw those two go back and forth, blow for blow for five rounds. Number one and two pound for pound on the planet. They are now going to do battle once again. Much different circumstances. Obviously, we know the great Alexander Volkanovsky coming in here on 11 days notice. But hey, man, if there's a motherfucker that's going to show up on 11 days notice and beat Islam Makachev, it's going to be Alexander Volkanovsky. Just saying. If there's going to be any guy on the planet that can do it, it's going to be him. Looking at the betting odds, the betting odds are actually closer now for the rematch than they were for the original fight whenever Volkanovski had a full camp. Um, and then for Makachev, we got to give him some, some sort of credit, too. Volkanovski and Charles Oliveira, polar opposite opponents. Very different game plans, very style of opponent. Different style of opponent, excuse me. But Angel, it's time to break into the fight itself. Give me your excitement level. We've already talked about the announcement just last week. We're already here, man. What do you think? It's, it's a 10, Josh. I'm rock hard with emotion. Yeah. All right, J.K. Go ahead and... I'm rock hard with emotion. You got a boner, Josh. Go ahead, Swag, man. Tell us what else. Tell us what else is going on. God, dude. It is short notice. Obviously, that is definitely going to play a factor, I think, no matter what. But God, dude, 
for Islam, obviously, he's going to have to prepare for a completely different guy, a completely different style. His last matchup to a fight that he even at one point in his mind, he thought he lost. Because, Josh, I remember, I don't know if you remember, but fight night, it came out that Islam went over his uh, corner and said that if he, if, if it goes, uh, that if it goes uh, Alexander Volkanovsky's way, he wants the instant rematch. So that's already a factor. Now, something I do want to bring up to you, Josh, I haven't mentioned to you. I did go back and rewatch Alexander Volkanovsky. Versus Islam Makachev, and I actually rescored that fight. Yeah, I originally had it for Alexander the Great. I, I I went back and I gave it to actually Islam Makachev. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, so I actually had a change of heart. Uh, I remember the night of, the day of, I thought that Alexander Volkanovski had done enough. I thought I thought he had been robbed of greatness. <laughs> I said it on this show live. Yeah. I I said that we were prevented from a beautiful moment. But Alexander Volkanovski potentially cementing himself as maybe the greatest fighter on the planet. Yeah, tell him. But I was wrong, Josh. Alexander Volkanovski actually lost that fight. Regardless, though, that doesn't matter now because he gets a chance of redemption, a fight that a lot of people do still think he won. That is still a debate out there in the air. You mm-hmm. know something, Josh? I'm going to change my pick from last time out. I'm going to Alexander the Great. I think he'll get it done this time. Craig Joe's flying in last minute into Abu Dhabi. Let's get it done, King. The Aussie get it done this weekend. You said that's crazy, man. Wow. I'm actually, you know, I'm, it's interesting to me that you watched the first fight, you changed your mind on the result, and you still came to the conclusion that Volkanovski is going to win. Why? I just got a feeling, man. I got a feeling, and it's it's just it's the storyline. There's he's done. He did well. He has thing. He's prepared. He's he's put it. He's put a chink in the armor, man. There's still something there. He's getting another opportunity at it, and with a with this kind of weight off him, right? Because he's coming in short notice. He knows that it's like, okay, I know I haven't done anything, but there, there'll be this element of like, I can get it done. He can do the Michael Bisping, Josh. He can have that moment. I think that's what is, is going to allow him to have this freedom in this fight and to do things well and with no pressure on him. And he's going to be on a on enemy soil this time around, not home, no home field. Yeah, that is true. He he's actually on. It's it, we they flipped it around, dude. I mean. The first fight, it was on Volkanovski's home territory. He didn't even get the decision. Maybe this time he'll get a close decision. <laughs> um, a split draw. <laughs> look, look, you brought up Michael Bisping. You know, like I don't know. Um, you brought you brought up Michael Bisping. It's a bit different. Mike had like a full week more. Yeah, he did. But Mike literally did take that phone call and started immediately running through the streets of Canada, which is which is badass. Which is which is badass. I mean, we gotta give him, we gotta give him credit. That um, is a pretty look, story, though. But look, Angel, here's here's the way I I look at it. If people could walk around and you can believe the Son of God came down to Earth two thousand years ago, oh my God, he, and he killed themselves and he killed themselves for our sins, and he can walk on water, and there's a God up there looking out for ourselves. And if you get on your knees and pray to him that things will change, if you can believe that. That you could believe that Alexander Volkanovski is going to knock the fuck out of Islam Makachev this Saturday night in front of his people in Abu Dhabi, and that's exactly what's going to happen. It's just too poetic, right? It's too perfect, right? Like it's, it is. It's, that's exactly what's going to happen because Alexander Volkanovski and new on Saturday night, baby. Double champ, baby. Double champ. It's going to Aussie, 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 Aussie. He's coming in here fresh, and really, dude, I really just think it's. The way that first fight ended, I think he's going to go right back on the attack. I think Makachev, dude, it's one thing to be, you can be the more fresh guy, but how much does being fresh really mean when you game plan for a substantially different guy? You know what I mean? Um, 
it's one thing to – it is substantially different to go from Charles Oliveira to Alexander Volkanovsky. It just is. Also, Volk's already and, had his eye on this fight for a while still. Like, he Volk never – yeah. Yeah, he's still, like – even though he ha- he did have a he fight a year in between, he's still he was still dead set. I'm going to fight Islam next. Like, I'm going to fight Islam. Correct. And also, a, bi- a big part of it as well is that he got surgery uh, after his win over Yair Rodriguez. And then he said that, like you mentioned, hey, I'm gonna fight Mok- I'm gonna fight Makachev next. The nod did not go to him, but he's been in training. He just started training camp already for Ilya Taporiyev. Like he's he's been getting in shape for a minute, dude. Like he was gonna fight in January regardless. So it's not like he's coming in here just you know off his couch, having done nothing. Fucking Alexander the Great Volkanovsky, motherfucker. You know, like he's gonna come in here looking in great shape. I know he's gonna give him his all, and also a lot of it just has to do with he knows what to expect. By the way, a big thing is confidence. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Yeah, go no, ahead. I agree. No, but I was going to mention Josh. I love how we're talking about Alexander because if you go back two or three years, Josh, when he fought Jose Aldo, our thoughts on Alexander Volkanovski were like significantly different. It's kind of crazy how he's evolved mm-hmm. for MMA fans and, and his fighting and his fighting style and kind of where he's at now, dude. Because I, I wasn't the biggest guy in Alexander. I still wasn't even after his his max wins. Mm-hmm. It, it took a little bit to get there, but he's he's won me over, Josh. He's 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 taken my heart. Yeah, and same and same thing for me too. Um, I think that uh, you know, man, like Volkanovski has just made everybody's a fan of him. I mean, it should be because he's he. This look, this is his daring to be great moment. There are so many guys that come into come into the sports, and you can tell some guys get into sports because they want to make money, and there are some guys that they just get there and they never lose their drive, they never lose their hunger, and they're just about legacy. He's fucking about legacy right now, man. And uh, he he knows, man. He he, I, I really think he's gonna get it done, dude. I really think he is. It, it's a lot of it's just vibes, but sometimes it's vibes, man. And we we've been comparing it to the Bisping thing, because in my mind that's the greatest short perform short notice performance of like ever. Um, and I remember at the time we were watching that fight. I remember we were watching that fight over Skype while also playing Call of Duty Black Ops Three Zombies. Um, shout out. Uh, shout out Black Ops Three Zombies. Um, and, uh, you know, man, like, it's crazy to think about seven years later, I really think we're going to get an even better, a better result, dude. I really think so. I mean, just everything's lining up perfectly. I remember going to that fight, having a feeling that Bisping was going to pull it off. And I got the same feeling in my gut this weekend for Volkanovski. So I think he's going to do it, dude. And new on Saturday night. If he doesn't, still game is fuck. And we still might see a trilogy some, some point down the line. So round six inbound. Damn straight, dude. Um, what do you think about, just to kind of move on from the main event, down to the co-main events? Because Kamaru has been stepping in here on also uh, about 11, 12 day notice to take on Hamzat Shemaev. These, this fight has been talked about a lot. They talked about it down to welterweight, and we really think we weren't going to get it. Yep. Instead, Kamaru stepping in here, we're going to get this, this not really a dream fight, but a fight that we've wanted for a long time, man. What do you would think? Yeah, no, you're right. I didn't think we were ever going to get this, but we're getting it now. And at 185. Which is the other big thing. Um, dude, by the way, Kamara Usman's corner is like that GSP picture, bro. Did you, did yeah. you hear he's bringing in Henry? I, first, I did see this, yes. He, for the first time in his career, he's going to have Henry Hooped and Trevor Whitman both in his corner, bro. All he needs is like one other dude to make a goal. I mean, his brother's going to be there. I guess it'll, look, it'll still be a sick photo. I'm sure he'll have a Muhammad in there. Mm-hmm. But dude, that's going to, that's going to be a sick. I mean, by the way, which by the way, having those two guys makes me think he's gonna have more of a striking centric fight against uh Chimaev, which I think is a big thing to 
no one's really mentioned. I think that's very interesting to me because I'm kind of like, all right. And Kamara had good power at 170. Can you imagine a 185? I mean, his mm-hmm. striking is not his, you know, that he's, you know, he's not Israel. Sonny. That's not his forte. Uh, he's a wrestler. And he's going to be taking on another guy who's a wrestler, but who's willing to throw down, is willing to get in danger and uh, take some risk. Kamaru Usman has a great chance. This is a storyline that I talked about last time, Josh, that no one is bringing up. The fact that Kamaru Usman is also trying to achieve greatness on this night. Because Dana White said that whoever wins this fight is going to be fighting for the UFC 185-pound title, 185 pound title against Sean Strickland. Kamaru Usman has the chance here at becoming a two-weight champion, not simultaneously, at separate times. That's hard as fuck, dude. And no one is mentioning this. Like I said, he will still be, he might be number two behind GSP. He might pass Matt Hughes, but he'll mm. never be number one. <laughs> Hello, <Matt. laughs> That's the people off. But that's like, that's something that no one's mentioning. Like no one is putting that out into the universe. And it's, it, it, it it's so aggravating because that's a storyline that people should be appreciating and, and, and should be seeking out and, and, and having fun for it. And, and there's a lot on the line here. For both these guys. And Chimaev, if, if he does win, he gets a shot at the title. And his stardom is just going to blow up when, when when that fight comes around, dude. Sean Strickland, Chimaev Media, you cannot tell me that pay, that pay-per-view is not going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I mean, look. I mean, a couple things. You're correct about uh, if anybody – I mean, he's never going to be able to cat, uh, pass GSP. Uh, if, if, if they were one – Oh, he has passed GSP already. He had brain worms. You know, just, just go, <laughs> you should just go do something else, dude. Um, but <laughs> yeah, he's not going to pass him. He might pass uh, Matt Hughes one day. I mean, I think he already has. Um, it's I close though. <laughs> it's close. No, I'm not going to look. I'm not going to make an argument either way. Um, same time, man. Um, look, I mean, this fight, him moving up the middleweight could potentially get a rematch with Sean Strickland, and he's already beaten Sean Strickland. A lot of people don't know this. Dan Walter oh, yeah. Sean Strickland previously fought him and got 30-25, so got fucking rocked. I didn't know that was a scorecard. Wow. It may not be exactly that bad, but I want to say it was like a 30. He beat the fuck out of Sean Strickland. It was like 30-26, I want to say. I bet I could pull it up right now. But, yeah, I mean, he it was it was a very uncompetitive fight. Yeah, UFC 210, it was 30-27, 30-26, 30-26. He 30-26 Sean Strickland. So if you're a Kamaru Usman, man, you've really got And obviously Sean Strickland's much better now, but you've got to be feeling some sort of – You're going um, for broke. You're going for broke if you're Kamaru Usman, right? Yeah, exactly. You're going for broke, especially because you know that, like, you've already beaten the guy, you know? So um, – You've already beaten Sean Strickland. You just got to get through Hamza Shemaev, but I don't think he's going to be able to. This is my official prediction. I think Hamza Shemaev is going to fuck up Kamaru Usman on Saturday. I think he's going to knock him out, too. Could sub I, him. I think I think could tag him, then follow up by sub. I think it's a finish no matter what. I think he's going to finish him, yeah. Um, I don't think it's – look, um, Kamaru Usman, we've known this for his last few fights. He's at that point where he's had so many injuries, and he's getting older, and he's in a weight class where it's like he's not a heavyweight, you know, so it's not like he's going to be fine at 42, you know. Um, he's at, he's at that point of diminishing returns, and you've seen that in every single one of his fights. Mm-hmm. And if this were Kamaru Usman of two, three years ago, him, you know, coming up and taking this fight, I'd I'd think maybe he could pull it off. I will say though, Josh, we got we do got to like look at the other side because I'm going to mention another outcome that's very possible. I don't think it's fully unrealistic for Chimaev to come out hot and get caught by Kamaru Usman, get a little overzealous, you know, and come in. And get fucking tagged, dropped, and Kamaru Usman finishes the fight. Like I think that is a kind of a possibility. I could be completely wrong here, but that's an outcome that 
will not shock me. Mm-hmm. I I do expect Jemima to win. I, I I would expect them to to do it in 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 sick fashion and get it finished because, like you said, you know he's you know Kamaru Usman's kind of damaged goods at this point. But if if we get mm-hmm. Kamaru Usman for that night again, Josh, I wouldn't be. He lands that one shot like he did against Jorge Masvidal. I think it'd be lights out again. Could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I mean, look, I will say that if he does get overzealous, I think Hamza Shamad can get caught. Kamaru Usman does have a lot of power, and going up one weight class is only going to make that better. Like, conventionally speaking, you would imagine so, right? Durability, um, too, for both. Exactly. And I think the fact that they're both uh, doing this, like, they're both, this is, obviously, Hamza fought a little bit at 185, but this is his first meaningful fight at yeah. 185. So I don't even know how he's going to perform. But what I do know is that he's a younger guy. He's He looked great against Gilbert Burns. I know some people were like, oh, my God, he might have lost to Gilbert. But, you know, Gilbert Burns is a fucking dog who, when healthy, nearly beat Kamaru. Like, Kamaru, he actually think he got closer to beating Kamaru because he dropped him, remember? So mm-hmm. you can't, you know, so um, you can even just compare their fights to Gil- with Gilbert Burns, you know. So I think Hamza Chimai is going to finish him. I just think Kamaru, he, he's coming in here 11 days notice. He's the, he's the smaller guy. He's the older guy. He's the, and he's looked worse and worse and worse every fight. So it's just like, I don't think that's going to change taking on a younger guy up a weight class on 11 days notice. So, yeah, I, I've got Hamza Chimaev. But like you said, Kamaru could catch him. That's within the realm of possibility as well. So Especially, especially with the people he's bringing in, that's looking like the kind of game plan they want. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But anyways, man, um... What, uh, well, I mean, I guess we should have to go one down, I guess. Uh, this, this one's not, this fight doesn't have any title implications, but it's a fight I've wanted to see. Finally, Magomed Ankalaev is back. Almost a year late, damn near a year later after his draw with Jan Vahovic, he will take on Johnny Walker, the rising Johnny Walker, 31 years young, riding a three fight winning streak. Uh, house invaded Anthony Smith last time out, <laughs> and he will <laughs> look to make it four in a row. You're hurting my family. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, I haven't heard anybody's family. <laughs> what? <laughs> that, re- that reaction video is godlike. What? <laughs> Anyways, man, um, what do you think family? about this one? No, I mean, I'm, I'm excited, right? We've been wanting to see Magomed Ankalaya for a while. I mean, he, we thought uh, there was a fair bit of people who thought he deserved a title shot. Um, he's one of the best guys in this division, a very interesting guy. Only lost to Paul, only official lost to Paul Craig. Uh, Oh, so he had a draw against Jan uh, Blachowicz, uh, which at the time I thought Jan won. A lot of people thought uh, Mago Bader won too, but that's besides the point. Um, and, uh, I mean, dude, I, I expect to just come out here. I mean, he just has to grab him, take him down, and he gets the win. At the same time, though, we've seen a kind of a new Johnny Walker, kind of revived a bit, kind of a revitalized a little bit, a little bit more calculated. Johnny Walker has a lot of potential to still get a finish here and be exciting at the same time. But he's also been tagged a fair bit throughout his career. And if Magomed Ankalaev gets him good, I think he can put him out of there and not even have to go to distance. So I'm going Magomed Ankalaev, but there's still some danger with Johnny Walker. So we can't uh, look over Johnny Walker on this one either. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take Magomed Ankalaev here. I just think if he fights with a good game plan and he uses his head, I don't think this should be very close. I think he, his skill level, he, he like, Magomed Ankalaya's skill level, just pure skill level, doesn't always show it, is substantially higher than a guy like Johnny Walker. And on the night of, maybe he'll fuck around and find out, but I think he's going to come in here and get a statement win. 
as a Mongolian Goliath fan who knows how good he is, that's that's what I'm hoping for. Um, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of my thoughts on it. Um, I'm gonna go take Mongolian Goliath. I would not be surprised if Johnny Walker won, though. I mean, I'd be surprised, but I could, there is there's a realm of possibility. This fight, I would be very surprised if it went any other way. Um, Ikram Alessikurov, who we've hyped up before, knocked out uh, Dylan Danis' teammate Phil Hawes in his UFC debut back in May. Um, and he's coming back. Massive prospects, who is 14-1, I believe. Only loss was to Hamzat Chemaev uh, back in 2019 on the regional scene, taking on the long, durable veteran Worley Alves, 14-6, riding a two-fight losing streak. But, hey, he's beating some really good names he stopped Mornier uh, Lezez's hype train um, whenever he first came to the UFC. So he, and he's shown that ability, man. He beat Colby Covington. He's beaten Al Javon. Very much a durable guy, a gatekeeper of sorts. So, do you think that Ikram uh, will be able to uh, get through Worley Alves? I mean, do I think the former three or four time, you know, Sambo champion is going to get it done again, Josh? I mean, I mean, is that question rhetorical? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think Ikarvalo Zakarov is definitely going to get them. Really, obviously, coming up a weight class for this one, meaning he's probably yeah. not going to cut anyway. And he's just going to show up. I think a two-fight losing streak. I mean, Ikarvalo Zakarov kind of getting. I'm not going to say a layup, but getting a kind of a nice matchup here. Kind of sad though, because you can't deny, Josh. weren't you excited for that Nazarene Imamov fight? I mean, I felt like that was going to be a banger. It was going to test him. It was going to test Nazarene. It's going to get him into the rankings. Now he has to take on Worley Alvich, which no disrespect to the formal Ultimate Fighter Brazil season three or season four winner. But mm-hmm. it's not, not the same. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this fight's kind of a, uh, the tune up. It's a, by the way, opportunity. Yeah. You have to, you, you, we got to give credit though. Second fight in the UFC and already on a main car pay per view again. Mm-hmm. I, I, I won't say again, but he was on a pay per view last time too, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to give credit. They they know that this kid's really, really good, and uh, him and Hamzat are going to rematch someday. I mean, yeah, but uh, I think I think he's going to get the win here. I think it's kind of just a, a formality, you know. Um, but opening up the main card, this is another fight that I honestly think is. I will say that like the prelims has a couple of good fights, and the main card I like some of these too. But it, we're coming here for for the top two fights, and this this main card opener just kind of shows that as well. Saeed Nurmagomedov, uh, down at bantamweight, seventeen and three, coming off a loss to the formerly mentioned Jonathan Martinez, taking on Moeen Gafuvov, eighteen and five, uh, former one championship veteran, suffered a loss in his UC debut to John Castana back in June. And he will now look to upset Saeed Nurmagomedov, another uh, former contender series guy. Lost to your boy Chad and Gilliger on there. So, Shout what do you think? What do you think about this one, man? No, I'm excited, man. Saeed, obviously, a guy that's been mentioned in the 135 weight class multiple times. Mungafra, obviously, like you said, there, uh, formerly in one. Made, I think he made his professional debut like 18 or 19 in one. So, got to give a lot of respect there. His, I think, uncle, dad, uh, president of the Sambo Federation in his home country. Originally, I guess he was having dreams of becoming a pro soccer player. I think whoever it was who runs the federation, his family said, nah, fuck that. Try this some Sambo shit. And, uh, next thing you know, he's here on a USC pay-per-view main card. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, he's good. He has skills. He's younger, I believe, but I think Saeed's going to get it done. I think Mouin lives, uh, Goffer leaves himself open at times for 
he, he leaves openings for his opponent that thinks a guy like, say, Namaran Madoff can, can capitalize on that and potentially get him out of there. If not, you know, get go to distance and finish the fight. At the same time, though, Saeed has put himself in these uh, decision fights that are maybe should have gone his way, maybe should have gone the other way. And those are only his three lo- – he's only ever lost by decision ever in his career, just so you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, I mean, he's got he's got that dog in him. I, I will say that I think this fight's kind of – it's another – not mere formality is too harsh for this fight. I, I mean, I think that the Ikram fight is going to be way more of a more mere formality than anything else. But, uh, yeah, I think there's another clear favorite here. I think it's going to be starting to argument. I'll pick up the win, man. Um, I'm, hey, I'm man, gonna, we, yeah. we got to get credit, though. Gafarov was two-time Samba world champion. He, yeah, no, I'm not saying – I think he'll compete. I will think he compete. But um, – yeah, I don't. I don't think it's going to be very. I mean, I'm expecting him to go out and get the win. But I mean, dude, in terms of the rest of the card, um, Tim Elliott, Mohamed Makayev on the prelims, a couple other big fights. Which ones do you most want to talk about? Man, dude, I'm excited for him. Mohamed Makayev getting a big name at 125. Finally, it took a little bit. He's been asking for it, and I mean, from here, Josh is this going to pick up pretty quick? Because if he does get a win over a vet and, and Tim Elliott, former title challenger, gave Demetrius Johnson a pretty tough fight in his title uh, title belt. I mean, Muhammad Makayev will be right there for those big-time fights, man, in a division that I think is relatively open. Uh, because at that moment, as far as, like, guys who could be getting this title, it's only guys like Brandon Royval, guys like Amir Obazi, Brandon Moreno in a potential rematch at some point. But they need a new name, and Muhammad Makayev is potentially that new name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, Muhammad Makayev is the real deal. We've hi- we've hyped him up. I want to say since before his debut. I mean, I know that you had your eye on him like very early on, and like this guy is like literally right around our age, dude. He's twenty three years young. The Punisher. We know how good he is. This is by far the biggest test of his career. He called for this fight too. Uh, am I crazy to say that this is like probably my third most looked forward to fight of the night? No, I, like I, yeah. he he's in my opinion. One of the best prospects to ever come into an in MMA ever. What he did as an AMI, fighting so much, being as active as he was, being undefeated, riding like a 30-plus you know, win streak. I mean, you have to give credit where credit is due because no matter what, at the end of the day, he's putting himself in the line of fire and putting himself out there to potentially win and or lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean – Look, I I will go ahead and uh, I'll say, man, I think it's such a good fight. It's such a good fight. I mean, Tim Elliott, too, riding up, I believe, like a two or three fight winning streak. I, I don't remember off the top of my head right now, but he has looked very good recently. He's brought it back. Uh, dropped that dropped that bitch of a wife and Kevin Kroom, too. So damn, um, <laughs> yeah, I did not see that coming. I mean, we got it. We got it. We got to shout out our boy. I mean, I I can't I can't dude, support I'm, that I'm, type I'm, of stuff. I might have to like drive into Kansas City, dude, and start yelling for Tim Elliott and Sam in the street to buy him a fucking beer, dude. For real, dude. By the way, we I don't know if you know this. Do you know yeah. Tim Elliott in his diet? Whenever he's cutting weight, he has he has a beer every every weight camp, like every every during his weight cut every morning. I think except like the final days. I don't know if you know this because he during whenever he got uh, to. Uh, you know, he's, he was in the UFC, and he got uh, kind of dialing stuff in when he came into his training camp, and uh, he works with a nutritionist. He told him, I, I need uh, – I don't know. I think – I don't know if it, he drinks like a uh, – he drinks a beer. I don't know what beer it is, but he drinks something, and uh, he says, I need that. And at first, I was like, dude, come on. 
just during the wake, he was like, no, I, I'm going to drink it no matter what. So I need you to figure out a way to get it in. And he has a beer no matter what. I think like every morning still during his fight camp. So just fun, fun little fact for everybody there about Tim Elliott. Uh, so just, just a tiny little thing I want to mention in there, but you know, I might have to find him out there and offer him a drink sometime. Yeah, man. I mean, I would, I would love to do that. Um, I fucking love Tim Elliott, dude. Just, just the most game guy, and, and game is fucked the whole time too, man. I mean, he's every time, no matter what first UFC sent to man, like, and he came back thanks to that Ultimate Fighter season. Like, if it weren't for that that championship season, which was pretty fucking sick, the last really good Ultimate Fighter season in my opinion, um, then you know, man, just I, I love Mr. Tilla. That's it. Um, you just you just game as fuck, dude. That's really what it comes yeah. down to. Yeah, we'll buy him a beer one day. We'll find him, and then we'll we'll go and mug Kevin Groom. Um, <laughs> but no, but anyways, I mean, with with Tim Elliott in the lead, <laughs> exactly. We, we we're gonna fall behind him. It's just. just I'm not gonna be the one. I mean, I'm not. I, I'm a foot taller than Kevin. Gr- no, I'm fucking around. But <laughs> we're we're a foot taller than both these guys. I mean, actually, I guess Kevin Cruz is more like a featherweight, so he's actually not that. I think tall. I think I, me and Tim Elliott. Like, Kevin Cruz is actually probably like around my height. Yeah, we are like a foot taller than Tim Elliott. No, I'm the same height as Tim Elliott. Five four. It says Tim Elliott's five seven on Tapology. I've been lied to. Oh okay. All right. Fair enough. And by the way, Kevin Kroom is is five ten. So. You know, about about the same height there, so we'll, we'll have be having fun. Anyways, in terms of the rest of the card, man, I mean, obviously we got a couple of a couple of good names, man. Bruno Silva coming back against I believe uh, Charboot. I'm gonna get his probably gonna fuck up his name. Charbutuin Magomedov. This has gone a little bit under the radar, by the way. It's this kind of weird. Is, yeah, this kid's very hyped up. He's 17 and 0. Kind of a piece of shit. So interesting decision to sign him. But uh, and by the yeah. way, he can't see from one eye. That's another thing we got to mention. He can't. No, he's interesting. He, you didn't know that that other eye is is completely. I think it either doesn't have a lot of vision, or he doesn't have full vision out of that eye. I thought it was a Bisping situation where he had some vision. I, I didn't know he straight. Well, what one of the two? One of the two. Regardless, he's still impaired from one eye. Interesting. Yeah. Well, he is a lot to know and has not slowed in this far. Um, and has finished yeah. pretty much everybody, by the way. That is true. Um, and a couple of those those opponents do have good records, so it's not he's not just squashing guys either. So, um. Have you seen that like fight of him in Thailand, dude? He just knees this like poor guy in the face who probably shouldn't be fighting him. I have not seen that. Dude, I mean, I've seen if it's on a highlight reel. I mean, it's brutal, dude. I was like, God yeah. damn. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, man. Um. Yeah, I mean this this card's fine. I mean, which, which fight was on a highlight before we go ahead and move on to news? Man, dude, Abu Zaitar back against Cedric Jumbas. It's been a minute. Uh, was that our boy in a? Uh, Last time in Abu Dhabi during a uh, during COVID, who who got kicked out, or is that someone else? That's his brother, I think. That was his brother. <laughs> Regardless, another fun fight there. And uh, dude, I think potential fight of the night here: Habib Bashrat versus Victor Henry. If that does not scream banger, mm-hmm. I don't know what does. I'm excited to see that one. Nathaniel Wood coming back from injury against Mohammed Nomayev, and this should be another interesting one. But there's a lot of there's a lot of banger potential for this fight card. I have high expectations, Josh. And I mean high expectations for this uh, this pay per view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough, man. Same, I mean, same page too. I mean, I think that some of these names are not really big names, but some of these fights—the Victor Henry fight—can't believe I forgot to fucking acknowledge that one. Victor Henry fucking comes to bang, dude. Uh, so that's going to be an absolute incredible fight. I'm very sorry for that one. Like you said, not a whole lot of star power. I feel like, but it's it's the 
the type of guys that are on the prelims that are going to make it a lot of fun. And and like we should say again, very early. It's going on very early. Um, I don't know the exact time the prelims start, but the main car starts around 1 p.m. Central time, dude. Prelims are going to be early as well. so like 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Yeah. So those of you guys... You know, those in the U.S. should be aware. You know, and I mean, if you're on the if you're on the West Coast, you're chill. Well, no, if you're on the East Coast, you're chill. My bad. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, for the most part. Yeah. But uh, anyways, man, I think it's about time we go ahead and move on to news. Um, it's a quite a lengthy show, so thanks guys for sticking around. Um, I forgot to mention this, so it ended up staying for the news section. Uh, Jake Paul has announced that he will return to the boxing ring. On December 15th, this will be broadcast live on DAZN, not pay-per-view, and it also appears to be a part of his MVP uh, ch- like prospect series. Um, his opponent has not been named, but more than likely, it's going to be a guy who's not a big challenge. It's not going to be KSI. It's not going to be Tommy Fury. I thought somebody said Jorge Masvidal. He's still with the UFC. It's not going to be him. Um, really, there's no big name attached to him. The only guy that we've heard recently has been Matt Riddle was attached to him like a week ago. But even then, those were very early preliminary talks. Uh, what do you think about Jake Paul, man? Who do you, who do you think he may, uh, he may fight on, uh, in December? I mean, I threw names out there like Darren Till and Mike Perry, but like after we spoke about this privately and, and found out that, uh, that it's going to be free, well not free, but with your DAZN subscription, you won't have to pay for it pay-per-view. It'll probably be someone he'll probably get out of there pretty quick, and especially since it'll also be highlighting, the undercard will be highlighting a lot of uh, Jake's guys who are under the MVP kind of banner as well. So I, I really have no idea. So it's going to be someone we probably don't see coming, I would expect. Um, like I said, you threw out Matt Riddle right there. So maybe that, potentially that, I don't know, but. I don't know what other options you could have. Gib rematch? Question mark. A Gib rematch could be interesting. Dejiger rematch. <laughs> Dude, not even a lie. You saw Tyson Fury give my boy Deji some respect. <laughs> I saw that too. I saw because a lot of people basically everybody's like, yeah, Deji can actually box. It's just if he's actually like he's not. He's he's not like a great. He doesn't have the physical capabilities really because he's a smaller guy, and also he just he didn't really take it seriously. But like. Now that he's working on it, like I feel like other people have respect for him. Dude, I mean, there there were some pretty legendary moments that came out of that KSI card too that, that we didn't talk about, like that, like Tyson really giving him some props, kind of not being in character, by the way, which is a little it was so odd seeing that. You know, it's like, dang, you're you're pretty fucking cool when you're not like all hyped up, you know? Mm-hmm. Something like I like I don't know if you if you saw that, but he was like, it was very wholesome, you know, to see that. And he was like, he's like uh, the exact quote I had before that. He's like, I've seen your fight, I was impressed with you. You fought Floyd Mayweather, I saw that. Uh, and also on top of that, Josh, that pick, that, uh, that, that screen cap of JJ getting his hands wrapped and Tyson being in there with just his hat and leather jacket on watching him get to it. Like, dude, what the fuck? What a trip. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it is, it is a trip, man. I mean, I, I, I Jake Paul, did you actually see Jake Paul and Deji arguing on really? the pre-fight panel? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. And Jake said, like, this is why I didn't want to come here because I didn't want to have to deal with you guys trying to get clawed off of my name, you know. <laughs> but they, I mean, and he wasn't entirely wrong, because it was Deji trying to start the argument, trying to start some beef, you know. Hey, um, man, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta work But I respect it, though, because he might get it, you know. I mean, <laughs> Jake Paul's not doing anything right now. Right. So, I mean, we, we will see if, uh, who Jake Paul decides to fight. Like you said, he, the only real names, it's been basically Nate has, you know, but they, even then, there's not really been talk of Nate, you know. Um, yeah, man. I mean, there's really no names attached to him outside of the Matt Riddle one, which is weird. 
So, which is very weird. Exactly. So, I, I don't know. And Matt Riddle looks to be in great shape, so that's good. When is he not that right? Yeah, I just I just saw him upload something to uh, Twitter recently. He looks in great shape. I mean, if they give it to him, I guess I mean I'll watch it. I mean, this isn't gonna this isn't gonna be a disowned paper. If it's not gonna be a paper, so I probably won't judge whoever they give him. Mm-hmm. You know. But uh, anyways, man, yeah, we will we will see. Um, what happens? Uh, interesting to see who Jake Paul finds. It'll probably be announced by next week, if I had to guess. Uh, this is a quick update to a story that we talked about last week. Uh, the UFC now has a new drug testing partner. As we know, they dropped USADA. They have partnered with a drug-free sport. Not a whole lot to say about this one. Um, but they have partnered with drug-free sport and Angel. They're going to be having George Pirro lead the, the, uh, the drug testing division now. If the name George Pierre doesn't stick out to you, he was uh, an, one of the lead interrogators of uh, Saddam Hussein. So apparently the UFC just not fucking around. Uh, <laughs> You're not wrong, right? Fucking John, tell it! They're fucking waterboarding John Jones backstage. Tell us where the, the picograms. Where did they come from? Fucking no. But what do you what do you think about this, man? Uh, the TRT era is not back. Unfortunately. But, uh, but are they working with a company or what? What is it exactly? Because he's it's, leading the it. company is called Drug Free Sports, and they work with the NFL and the NCAA. I mean, they don't fuck around with college doping, so this should be interesting. Yeah, I will say that from watching a lot of college college football, there's some freaks, bro. So <laughs> really, because I know I because oh, yeah. they dropped a band hammer though when they catch people in college sports. I know that. Mm. But I mean, but I mean, we he did throw the NFL in there, so yeah, you know? we did. I mean, well, hey, I mean, the NFL is some fucking freaks, too. They're not really doing real drug testing, so we might as well be back in the TRT era. Somebody who's like, watched like a lot Joe, of NFL like, football. Like Joe Rogan says, they do a fucking sniff test in the NFL. In the NFL, it's a sniff test. In the NFL, it's an intelligence test. Like, literally. As long as you're not taking anything too crazy, they'll probably be fine. Like, you're not on trend, right? Okay, you're good. You can go out there. They catch some guys in the NFL, but it's like it's like guys like fucking, how did you get caught, bro? Like, like hey, just fucking third string guys. <laughs> yeah. What was the, the last major guy caught in the NFL for something like that? You know, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre really? Hopkins uh, failed a drug test last year, and he's well. He's one of the. I don't know if you want to. I don't know if you can call him one of the best wide receivers in the league right now because he hasn't really done shit in the last two years. But damn. Hey, no, I mean it's just true. I don't know what. Today, no, I don't know what he tested positive for, but he got suspended six games for violating the PED policy. I remember seeing that on Twitter. Now that you mentioned it. Yeah, they never said what he tested positive for, but. He's the only guy I can think of. If Aaron Donald and DK Metcalf are passing fucking drug tests, then, you know, like, um, then I think the UFC guys will be fine. But, yeah, I mean, I don't have too much to add to this. It is unfortunate that they're having drug testing, but the drug testing they're bringing in is, I'd say, worse than USADA. Uh, well, I guess we'll have to see what happens. What if, like, they come in and they catch, like, eight guys? Wouldn't that be crazy? That would be crazy. Well, they came in, USADA did the whole thing where they, they smash and grab, you know, Caught a bunch of guys in the first two years, and then nobody ever again. So, mm-hmm. anyways, um, yeah, I think we should go ahead and move on, man. Just a couple more things to hit before we're going to bounce out of here, man. Israel Adesonia, who we have not seen since his loss to Sean Strickland last month, he's been very, very quiet. There was talk of an immediate rematch that will not be happening. Israel Adesonia has announced his plans to take off a lot of time. He did not say exactly how much. But he did say that he's going to go and take a long hiatus. He is not retired, but he is done for now. 
He's one of the most active guys in the UFC. Um, we are very well aware of that. What do you think about his decision uh, announcing that he's going to take time off? And John Jones has already come forward and said, like, you know, that's probably for the best. And even Connor, some some OGs of the game, and like, yeah, like you deserve it, you know. Dude, it's not even just UFC. We're talking about ever since he started competing back in 2000, what is it, 10, 2011. Yeah. He has been a very active guy since then. It's been nonstop training camp, weight cut, media, you know, everything for over a decade now for him, you know, to be honest. Uh, constant attention, constant pressure, constant everything, watching your diet, you know. Um, listening to coaches, learning, um, just being around that kind of energy every day, dude. It's who can blame him for taking an extra few months off. And let's be honest, dude. Well, Ezra Adesanya means my time off is not a year, probably like eight, eight, six yeah. months, right? And you, or maybe more, you know, maybe nine, ten months out of. Uh, but even then, we'll see him by late Nate next year. Nate, late next year. I'm saying Nate, <laughs> late I next year. Him. And. uh yeah, what's what's wrong with that man? Good good for him. He deserves it. Like like DC mm-hmm. said, the champ the champ deserves a rest, man. He's been competing, been so active, been the headline, been been one of the major faces in the sport. It's it's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with taking a step back and resetting and and wanting to take a breather. I think it's it's, it's healthy. I mean, shit, it's it's personally what I'm doing right now in, in my own personal life. So I can't judge him for it, you know, if I'm doing it myself. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can't. I mean, I'm not judging him at all. I just think it's interesting. Um, very happy that he's doing it. I mean, he needs to. I mean, I thought he looked because I really do think that he can beat a guy like Sean Strickland. He was just, you know, he's just off, man. So yeah. I think maybe some time off would be huge for him. Come back refreshed. Um, I don't know how long he will. Like you said, like maybe eight months. We'll see. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, interesting that he is deciding to take time off, and wherever he comes back. It's going to be a big fucking deal. Maybe maybe it will be UFC 300 against in a non-title fight. Who knows? Tricky Stuplessy. Yeah. You know, you never that know. would make a lot of sense, dude. But especially considering that, that, w- that would happen until, I want to say, May. So, it's, I mean, six months off, a bit over six, six, seven months off. Who knows? Maybe that's, maybe that's not enough for him, but we'll see. Um, this story flew under the radar. I'm not surprised because... You know, a lot of a lot of companies, a lot of journalists who like to talk about covering fighter pay and stuff, they never actually really cover it whenever anything actually happens, which is the main issue. I feel like one of the bigger issues of MMA and, and the media system that, uh, you know, the media ecosystem, I guess, that, that works here. But, dude, um, you got to give credit when it's due. I know a lot of people fucking hate Ronda Rousey, dude. But uh, we talked about this earlier this year. Ronda Rousey helped lead a bill through the California state legislature, which has now been signed into law, which will guarantee MMA fighters a pension in the state of California if they fought, I believe, 30 rounds in the state. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah. So if they fought, if you fought 30 rounds in California, I think it may even be like 29 exactly. But if you fought in the state of California after the age of 50, you will be eligible for a pension. And that's largely thanks to Ronda Rousey and others who helped push the bill forward. I know Kat Zingano also spoke at uh, spoke in favor of the bill, uh, partially due to the urging of Rousey, who got her involved. Uriah Faber is another name who also went ahead and uh, was heavily involved with this. Full props to them. Uh, and payments will start, like I said, when the athletes turn 50 with money gen- being generated from a percentage of ticket sales. So that has officially been signed into law over in California. 
the first state to kind of take a step forward on treating MMA fighters uh, like they're actually human beings. Uh, what do you think about this, Angel? Uh, very much a big, and obviously combined with all the stuff with the lawsuits and all that stuff. What do you think, Ben? That's awesome, man. It's 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 cool to see people like the you know these fighters kind of putting that effort out there and doing this not for now but for the future. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm very very happy about this, man. And like I said, dude, a lot of people show on around Rousey, and even she did not. She did one interview about this, and that was basically it. But I personally know that she was heavily involved in this process in terms of getting out there, getting certain fighters involved. Um. So you've got to give her credit where it's due, and I'm very happy that the state of California moved forward with this. And this combined with the lawsuit, combined with, you know, potentially Senator Mark Wayne Mullen uh, from Oklahoma bringing in the Muhammad Ali Expansion Act to MMA, are what's going to be, you know, keeping these fighters safe in the long run and actually making sure they're getting paid their just worth, you know? Um, and that's why the UFC, we talk about, I'm not going to dive into the whole thing, but that's why you see every year they're bringing fighter pay down and down and down more and more and more. Cause they know guys like Dana, they're aware of the writing on the wall, you know, like they're about aware of their cash out time. Okay. You know, like they're, 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 they're doing the fucking, they're fucking betting right now. They got, they got to, they see the legs that are coming up on the parlay. They're mm-hmm. not confident, you know? So that's why they're, they're keep on getting more and more and more money. Cause they want to be able to fight this stuff in court, man. So. Um, in regards to this one, there's nothing they can do, though. So shout out to the state of California. Always been, in my opinion, the greatest state for MMA, that or Kansas. Um, in terms of the... <laughs> that or Kansas. Well, because Kansas is willing to experiment with the rule set. We're not really doing anything on the pension front, because admittedly, no fighter, no, no major events come here. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they're they're doing a great thing in terms of being willing to change the rules and so on and so forth. California is the greatest on fighter safety, for the most part. For the most part. They're not... There's not the hard and fast rule, but... That's for the most part. Speaking of fighter safety, Angel, this is our last topic of the day, baby. <laughs> last topic of the day. We kept up with the story a little bit. Um, Pat Militich, who, you know, fucking Pat Mil- 55-year-old Pat Militich, um, came out of retirement over the weekend to face former CM Punk opponent Mike Jackson. And apparently he was winning the fight, knocked Jackson down to round one. Round two was more competitive. Apparently round two, Mike rocked him in the final seconds. And Pat Militich quits on the stool. Mike Jackson's resume now reads, CM Punk, Dean Barry, <laughs> Pat Militich. <laughs> what a fucking career, right? Hell of a way to make money if you can get it, man. Fighting 55-year-old Pat Militich in Davenport, Iowa. Uh, I know that you have not seen any of this fight. I've seen about 30 seconds of this fight, which makes us very qualified to speak about it. So. I try to find it, man. I try to find. I legitimately put le- good effort into trying to find it. Yeah, and we're not. I mean, we're not going to pay. No offense to these guys, we are not paying the pay per view price. We are not spending fifty dollars on this. It was fifty dollars to watch it. Yes, I thought it was twenty. I was wrong. It was fifty dollars on pay per view. Forty nine ninety nine. Dude, that should be a fucking crime. I know. Uh, I think that people, I, people were people were mad to pay for fucking you know misfits, but damn, dude, no one should ever pay for that. Yeah, Jesus, dude, just fucking Christ. Um, yeah, man, it was it, it I, from what I saw, the fight looks like Pat was whooping his ass, but they didn't show any any highlights of the the, the round two, which, which I guess I guess it was like competitive in round two, and that's whenever you know, but whatever. 
Yeah, just just pure hilarity. Um, Angel, Pat Militich realized he was too old for the shit afterwards, right? Yeah, I mean, if somebody said Pat Militich had alcohol sweats. Like he was sweating before the fight started, bro. Like, yeah, he might he might have drove drunk to the arena, dude. He might have got a DUI on the way there. He might have, but he he ran out of gas. He ran out of gas in the third round, same as he ran out of the gas when he tried to storm the Capitol. You know, he got he got up to the front steps. He's just like, I can't do it. You know. Jesus. I, it's just pure hilarity, dude. Just this was the shit show of a uh, freak show fights. This entire weekend really was, dude. I mean, between the misfits and this fight, I mean, that, just that, that might have been the best freak show fight of the weekend. Then. I well, dude, like Pat, fucking Mike Jackson's resume years from now, fucking Historic, we're living bro. it. But imagine like twenty years from now being like, who the fuck? This guy fought a UFC champion and CM Punk, <laughs> dude. A, a WWE WWE champ too, right? <laughs> <laughs> What are you talking about, dude? Come on, you gotta throw that in there. Yeah, you're right. My, Mike Jackson has now defeated a former WWE champion and a former UFC champion. What titles has CM Punk held? That's the better question. Why isn't Jake Paul called out Mike Jackson yet? Is my question. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's all I got. That's all we got. We're we're fucking. That's all we got. That's that's all the we've talked about worthwhile fights, and now we're talking about this. Uh, anything you want to tell the people, man? Uh, we just hit five hundred thousand uh, YouTube views. You know, any, any anything we tell the people. Always grateful, man. Always blessed. Always want to bring out better and bigger content. Excited for this next year. Well, we're not, well, I'm already talking like it's the end of the year, but obviously excited for the next few months leading into next year and kind of uh, what we can do. And obviously big fights and uh, big results coming up here in the next few months because the end of the year is going to go crazy as fuck like it always does, man. And it's starting this weekend. And then next weekend is going to be crazy. These, la- these, these three weeks are going to be insane. So they're going to be some banger-ass shows. Mm. Yeah, it's it's going to be, dude. I mean, October's the biggest month uh, for combat sports. Might be this year total. I mean, if we're yeah. just looking at the pure lineup, dude. I mean, this or March, if I had to say. And boxing, bro. We still got boxing coming up, too. We got some big matchups on the way, too. Return of Ryan Garcia, return of Devin Haney. We just program there. Obviously, Tyson Fury. Uh, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua. Rumors came out. Potentially, they were in, they're, they're talking. There's works. It's been delayed, apparently, till August or something like that. So that's just not going to happen. Maybe not. But hey, man, worth putting out there, you know, just bringing it up. Regardless, though, hyped as fuck. For sure, man. Very, very hyped. Um, but that's all we got, man. I am at Josh Shevinoff on Twitter. He's at Angel Ortega on Twitter. One, I court side sound for all things related to the show. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.